Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Hey, Matt. How's it going today? Oh, good day today, man. Been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. We have hardly been laughing at all. Yeah, today's guest was was awesome. She provided a ton of educational content. Yeah, I know I'll be making uh, an appointment with her shortly here. Yeah, so her name's Caitlin Kessler. She's a lawyer with Pusher and Mitchell. Um, she State does planning and development lawyer. Yeah, and and business law. So she does it all. But um, yeah, really focuses on um, estate planning and, and real estate development. So yeah. awesome for our listeners. Super knowledgeable too. Right? Yeah, a great guest. Put up with us. We were having a good time. She was having a good time. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to love this episode. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, reach out to her if you have any questions. Um, her info is going to be in the show notes. Further to that, Matt and I are going to start doing a, uh, a weekly email to update everyone about uh, the podcast and what's going on with it. Yeah. So if you want to get on that, just uh, shoot us a message, put, a, put your email on the thing and we'll keep you updated with all the new episodes as they come out. And also Taylor and I can't find golf partners. So we're doing a contest. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to go golfing with us for some reason. Yeah. Pretty exciting. We, we came up with this idea uh, as we were just, you know, two lonely people out there. So we want to uh, bring two listeners out for a round of golf with us. We're going to do that over the next few months. So once a month for the next three or four months, weather permitting. And um, all you have to do is, is share or repost one of your favorite podcasts and uh, tag us in it on Instagram. Yeah. Then we'll reach out and take you golfing. Yeah. So I'll grab some lunch or something too. And, uh, it'll be a fun time. Yeah. Enter the draw, have a good chat and, uh, yeah. Have a laugh at us trying to hit a golf ball. (laughs) Also, this episode is really great. So have fun. Yeah. Enjoy it guys. Okay. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming today. Thanks a lot for coming. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. This whole time I thought you were one of Taylor's best friends and I found out you got some (laughs) mess. Yeah. So we know each other through a mutual friend. One of your ex-colleagues, right? Yeah. Uh, used to work at Pusher and Mitchell. He's gone on to do something else. We actually started on the same day at work. Oh, cool. Oh, you did? He became a partner and then has now like left and started his own thing. Yeah. Like, am I doing something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> He's just excelled in life. <laughs> like, I'm still just doing a lawyer. Oh, yeah. yeah just doing a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. I wish yeah. I could say I was just, yeah. <laughs> Funny how people look at things differently from where they are, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that. I mean, yeah, he's a he's an incredibly ambitious, driven individual. So his uh, name is Brian Stevenson. If yeah. anybody yeah. wants to go he's look a, him he's up. He's an awesome guy to work with, too. I should give him a shout out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nice. Okay, so we're gonna dive straight into our icebreaker rounds. Welcome to the icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. What is your favorite Kelowna season? Okay, this one's kind of difficult to think about because I don't do actually very well in heat, oddly enough. And I've lived here for most of my life, but I still just struggle with it. So in like it's solidly like September. Nice. <laughs> season, it'd be yeah. September. Yeah, September's a good season. <laughs> I just well, like I like the fact that the nights are still warm. I can yeah. easily yeah. go swimming. Tourists nice. are gone. Yeah, but we also do like a lot of hiking, and that's prime hiking. Where do you go hiking? Well, I guess my favorite so far is the Monashies. It's yeah. by Cold Street. Yeah. It's pretty easy to get to for day trips and like overnight weekend trips. You go overnight 
like you hike in. Yeah, like backpacking. Oh my god, <laughs> that was over with like 1900. Are you serious? You do that? Yeah, I'm so impressed. Really Matt, Matt just thinks he's camping in his house and you can make Looking at the view, I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is it. Like, I'm roughing it out. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still a bit of like a glamper. I probably bring way too many things in my backpack. But, I'm not a pro. Well, that's you know, like glamping like that. You can do that because you have to carry that stuff in and out. So I think that's quality. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it. Yeah. It's so quiet and serene and beautiful. And there's there's just so many opportunities in the Okanagan to do it. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Where were you from originally then? Calgary. Calgary. Okay. Yeah. But like, I moved here when I was five. So yeah. I've really been here for a long time. Yeah. You yeah. can tell yourself a Kelowna person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What is uh, your drink of choice? Like coffee, cocktail, wine, beer? Beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... Obviously, being a part of a law firm and being in the legal industry, wine is very much a part of yeah, yeah. socializing. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed wine for a while. But actually going to law school, I started going to more of the breweries and Kamloops. Yeah. yeah. I was introduced to flights and the concept. If there were like wine flights or tea flights or golden yeah. flights, maybe they exist somewhere. But well, wine tasting is kind of like a flight, right? Yeah. Like you're going to go to the wineries. You get to have like all the little sips. And... It's so expensive, though. Yeah. No, because you like can go and they, if you go there and if you buy the wine, you're just like, we go there and just plan on buying a bottle of wine each and it's, they just well, here, here's a hack. Summerhill, yeah. free wine tasting. Even if you don't buy one? Yeah. See, that's smart. Yeah. Then I would go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Mission Hill, even if you do buy wine, you still, they still you. charge you. They still yeah. charge you. And you got to wait in line. Although it's amazing if you get a view, if you get a tour through there, it's amazing. There is a spot. It's a... They do cocktail flights. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll find the name of it. I'm going to say I'll put it in the show notes, but I won't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I've heard of that. Um, like locally? Yeah. Are you sure that's real, Taylor? Are you sure? Um, I'm, you know what? But now, I swear, I'm actually going to put it in the show notes. Then. I promise you. Um, okay. Yeah, like kombucha. Like what? You yeah. sound like a little mini Caesar? Yeah. Shut up. Seriously? <laughs> now I'm gonna prove you wrong. Yeah, that awesome. The last time we had a bet, this is totally sidetracking, <laughs> but you were saying the feds weren't gonna increase the interest rates. I called they were. I think I won that. You won that. Yeah. So like quite a bit. Yeah, so you are gonna take me out for a cocktail right. flight. Take it to you. Anyway, so where where do you go for your beer flights? I really mainly go downtown because that's just the most accessible. It's really easy to walk down yep. there. We live close to downtown anyway. I'm not sure I have a favorite downtown. Still have favorites in Kamloops and Vancouver. Yeah. But in Kelowna, Barn Owl Brewery, I think is probably my favorite. Yes. They're great. I love that spot. They have a good variety. And the fact that you can order in food there from wherever you want. Like yeah. Bring your own picnic or like DoorDash food there. Yeah. Or the ramen truck outside. Did you yeah. try that? Yeah. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, but that's like, amazing. Here it's great. Great. It's it's great. They have awesome games there you can play. Yeah. Um, and they're just expanding. Just yeah. Like, they took over Milkshed. Yeah. Yeah, I, what was Milkshed? Is that the coffee shop? Yeah. So now the whole thing's yeah, it's all Barnell now. Is that going now? Or is yeah, it? yeah, it's up and running. They're expanding yes. the patio there. My wife and I hosted like a charity a Christmas event there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt came. He got a bit out of control, and uh, I think he I, he lost at the shop. I actually think I did control myself there. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, there was like multiple road checks on the way there and the way home. So good thing I did. Pretty sure Becca was driving. <laughs> Was she? Yeah, she, yeah, she, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But yeah, no, we love Barnow. They're, they're awesome there. Really good, good people. If you had 12 hours left in Kelowna before you had to leave forever, what would you do for fun? 
I realized this was also centered towards summer. Yeah. I actually have like no answers that do with winter. <laughs> It's like, what do I do in winter? But I'm assuming this is happening in summer. And I was definitely yep. bike down the rail trail. I just love it. Oh, yeah, nice. And I've done this before. And it was such a great day where you just bike down the rail trail to Knox. You hike to Paul's tomb. You jump in the water. Enjoy the time there. And then you go for a beer or a patio dinner. Yeah. I was trying to decide if I wanted to go like brewery patio and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Or if I was like feeling fancy to like let go of my last night because then I would pick Bouchons like Bouchons has a great like three course menu $50 and you get your appetizer main and dessert wow and I mean you feel a little fancy (laughs) (laughs) I'm not fancy at all I love it you really put some effort into this question (laughs) it was like 12 hours yeah gotta do it well, I have to put you on the spot though. What if it was the winter? What do you think you'd do? <laughs> it's like bike down the real trail. It's a little probably could. Yeah, like depending on how much snow. Totally yeah. Could. yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. <laughs> Get some nice warm mitts, I would say for sure. <laughs> All right. Caitlin, if you could uh, purchase a property in the Okanagan next year, what would it be? Would it be an investment property or re- recreational? Or what do you think? <laughs> this is so sad getting this question because it's like, I don't even own a home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to buy your first house then. That's a, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, I want it for me. And yeah. It's not going to be investment or recreational. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. My home. Yeah. But yeah, most of my money went to law school. And so now we're just trying to. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I hear it's a good investment, (laughs) long-term investment. But I was thinking about where I would like to purchase. And I don't know what you guys thought on this. I really like East Kelowna and Southeast Kelowna. Yeah. That's where I think I'd For sure. That's one of my favorites. That is... Are you talking like, would you like like an acreage or like, or what kind of property? Probably like a little more rural. Yeah. 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 That would be... I just think it's quieter out there. Yeah. It's, you still get really great views. And for some reason, people kind of forget it exists. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. I think that's like my retire. Like, I'm just going to slowly move up the hill there. We're in the lower mission now, but I just want to crawl up there away from everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're mostly doing that for cell phone service there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is yeah. Kelowna? Not yeah. Any cell, cell if anyone from TELUS is listening, <laughs> my God. Put a damn cell, ser- cell tower up there. Yeah. Like, my God, Taylor needs some cell service at house. <laughs> Actually, I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks. We've gotten to know you a little bit. We're going we're gonna to dive into some more of the legal stuff here. Just to, I want to highlight something I did. I set up a will through one of your colleagues a few years ago at Pusher and Mitchell. And we tried to have some fun with it because people hear about wills and they're like, oh, it's like negative to think about. We're not going to do it. We'll put it off. So my wife, Emily, and I, when we were having a, a, our first son, our son now, yeah. he's the only, <laughs> the only son. Yeah. <laughs> We thought we'd do a will and have a bit of fun with it. So I won't read like the, the boring legal stuff. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> yeah, just taking a stab. I always don't want to say that. I know. It's so awkward. Um, okay. But color commentator. Yes. <laughs> so if we, if yeah, like that mortgage stuff is so exciting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if we were both to pass away, unfortunately, pass our, our estate down to our son, Leo, um, or any of our other children in the future, if we had them, there's a little blurb in the will that basically says, we'll break it down. I think it's like you're 20, 
they get a certain percentage, 23, they get a certain percentage, et cetera, until I believe the age of 30. And then there will be about 25% remaining of our net worth. So it says, it is our wish in order for our children to receive the rest of the capital, any accumulated and unpaid income of their trust when they reach age 30, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they must do the following tasks together. Take a hot air balloon ride in Cappadocia, Turkey. Oh, love it. Explore the temples of Begon in Myanmar. Uh, surf in Tegazot, Morocco. Watch a sunset in Madeira in Nicaragua. And adopt a rescue dog in Shanghai in China. So, so you've done all these things. So yeah, these were all like very uh, important things in our relationship for Emily and I. Like we got engaged in Tegazot in Morocco. We went surfing there. We have a dog from China. Like, so all these places were very special. So we thought, you know what? Yeah, it will be obviously sad when we pass away, but like this should be pretty fun for our kids to go on like a scavenger hunt yeah. around the world. Yeah. And then they have to prove it to um, my brother, who is obviously their uncle, yeah. in order for them to access the capital. Can I make a change to your will? Sure. Like, what happens if they, you're alive and they're already 30? I feel like they should have to do that even Oh, yeah. After. Yeah. No matter what, they have to do this. Okay. Yes. Okay. But it's just like, if we die before then, then there'll be like a progression of how yeah. the okay. equity is released. But if they're like 50, they still gotta do it. Yeah. You as a lawyer are probably like, this guy is an idiot. <laughs> you you like, face? Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me tell you about a girl. Like, this is your in my head. This isn't a movie today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking... At a point in their life where they have like young children and they doesn't matter, do they still have to do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, now you're gonna have a bunch of clients calling you, being like, Yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, I want my kids to rescue a dog in China, too. I'm making the world a better place, one will at a time. Documentation for that. Like, do you need an Instagram post? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, point. We were working with Julia Pusher Mitchell, and she was kind of like, "Yeah, this is great, but I, I don't know if you really want to like put this in writing, like kind of restrict it." So she did some legal mumbo jumbo stuff, and anyways, it it'll work out. Oh my god! So Leo's gonna have to look back at this in 30 years and figure out how he gets him around this or what? I think you yeah. should just do it. Leo, if you listen in 30 years, just do the things. <laughs> yeah. Wait, then you're saying we're going to die in 30 years. <laughs> oh, you never know. She should the worst happen, you know? Okay. Okay. So we're going to move on. So yeah. we'll stop stealing the mics. Um, <laughs> maybe give like a quick intro background, what you kind of do at Pusher and Mitchell, and then the importance of having a will. And yeah, you, you run with it. Um, so I've been at Pusher Mitchell for almost 10 years now. I did a paralegal degree and then I went and did my practicum at Pusher Mitchell and I stayed there since then. So it's really fun to be at a firm for that long because yeah. you really see how it grows and develops yeah. and just kind of what it's moving into. And it's great for me because I had all the experience working in these areas as a paralegal before I decided whether I wanted to go to law school or not. Yeah. And really what happened was me sitting at my desk going, I want to make the decision. Yeah. Right. I'm saying, okay, I better go to law school because I want to be the decision maker. Yeah. So yeah, I've been there for about 10 years and I've been practicing in the area of estate planning and administration, which estate planning is what you do before you pass and the administration yeah. is what happens afterwards. Oh, interesting. Um, but of, of course your plan is for the, how it's going to be administered. Yeah. I also do real estate development, which is kind of the subdivisions. You guys are probably familiar with this kind of work, strata plans, subdivisions, yeah. All the things that people want to do with their neighbors to easements, adjust boundary lines and things like that. And so 
it's really a fun area because a I just like the fact that I get to look at plans and see how Kelowna is developing. Yeah, and you also get to look around Kelowna and be like, "Well, I did that." Yeah, yeah. I built it. Well, yes, yeah. like me too. Like, I sold, I sold that. <laughs> I didn't build it, but I still take credit for it. Yeah, totally. Like I was a part of that. I yeah, we shared it. Made it happen. So it's really exciting to see. One day they'll have my name on the front of that building. <laughs> you see this easement? But no, you can't see it. But you know what I mean? It's like virtue. Yeah, yeah. It's truly the most nerdy conversations yeah. you can have with people. Um, but it also is like interesting too because there's so much stuff that happens between neighbors or just like boundary adjustments or little things, and people don't realize yeah. how our land title system works and how to make that happen. So yeah, it's a really fun area. And then I've also just been working in kind of corporate commercial stuff, which is just the most generic description of anything that is a contract. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the solicitor work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. So I also really love the estate planning side of things, though, because it is kind of similar to real estate development, where you are hearing people's goals and dreams and their stories and what they want their kids to do <laughs> with all of their money they're going to receive. And yeah. you get to help them make that happen. And it, it is, people don't like talking about when yeah. they're going to pass and what happens afterwards. So people do get uncomfortable. For some strange reason, I don't get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like a square, I'm a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, for a long time, yeah. before, we would say that I like to work with dirt and death. And so I think like, I enjoy the fact that I can hopefully make things more comfortable for people having that conversation and just realize the benefit of it, that it's worth it to do it now. And then, you know, you're set up and you can feel confident in what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I really like, and like, you hear the most interesting things. Your situation is pretty interesting. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I've never like tell me about these places. When did you yeah. go with your wife? Like this sounds really cool. Yeah. How do we want to make your kids go there and <laughs> force them to? <laughs> How do you make kids do anything? Well, you just have a giant carrot at the end. You know, like twenty five percent. Yeah, and like you hear about where people come from and what they own now, and it's just it's really interesting. You kind of get a bit of. You get to know some private details. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. They're all yeah. confidential yeah. and not shared. Yeah, yeah. We all do kind of in our own ways working with our clients, so we got to learn all those kind of details. It's a very invasive relationship, really. You have yeah. to get to know everything. So when should somebody have a will? Like, is there an age, uh, an asset accumulation, net worth? Just all the time? Everyone should have a will? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's kind of Yes. It's hard because obviously there's a cost to setting up a will and there definitely is a range. There's actually something really cool called epilogue wills. They actually market mainly on Instagram where they provide will services and estate like planning documents, like your power of attorney representation agreements through their website, like all across Canada. And so they definitely come at like a very basic version, like a much lower cost. Yeah. And usually, I guess, if you're kind of in your early 20s and you have minimal assets and not a lot that you're kind of too worried about that's in your own name, that may be like a great choice for you. Yeah. But the moment that you're starting to accumulate anything in your own name, you've had children, you're starting to think about kind of your future and where you want things to go and what you're going to be accumulating in the future. Because the goal is kind of, I mean, you should revisit your will every once in a while and if you have any major events, but you hopefully are making a plan that you don't have to change this document all the time. Yeah. And so it's kind of great to just put it in now when you kind of know that. 
So there used to be kind of a threshold of $25,000 if the value of your estate, so like everything that you own when you pass, if it's $25,000 or less, there used to be kind of like a small estate. And sometimes you wouldn't be required to get probate. Some banks would just be like, oh, okay, you only have five grand in your bank account. We're not going to require you to go through the probate process, which I guess I should explain. Probate is when you have to go to court to prove that your will is valid. That's what we call the probate process. So that has kind of gone away and banks are just a bit more particular about needing proof, valid proof before they issue, like give you the money from the bank account and those kinds of things. For any amount of money now. Yeah, Yeah. for the most part. Hmm. So the reality is if you don't have a will and there's anything that's in your name or you have children or whatever else and you pass away, there isn't an easy way of dealing with those assets. You're going to probate. You probably are going to probate, but like you're also dealing with all of the government's rules. It's like your assets are essentially held by the government until they decide who should be the administrator of your estate. And there's kind of like an order and a procedure of how you go through all those steps, but it's not easy. Yeah. So how long does that generally take? If you don't have a will when you pass away? Like on just like an average non-complex file? I think it could probably take like two to six months to get to the like... We have an administrator. I know what the assets are. We've given notice to everybody who should receive notice that you've passed away. Yeah. And then you're moving into like the court, then taking another four to six months to actually prove the will. Like, well, I guess you don't have a will. Approve what you've kind of said, like, I want to be the administrator and these are the assets. And then you have to actually collect all of those afterwards when it's granted. It can be a long process. Wow. So, so it's probably only when there's a disagreement or no, just no, when not a will. It's basically when there's not a will and it's kind of triggered by whoever holds your assets, like your bank's lenders, like the land title office. They are kind of the ones who are controlling what they want to see before they will transfer that asset to somebody else. Yeah, because we deal like as a realtor, we deal with a lot of properties that are sold. We're always waiting for probate, waiting for probate. But like, I feel like they're not all fighting we're just waiting for something. Right? Exactly. Because so. the land title office won't transfer it until they see proof that there's a grant of probate. Or... So then who's responsible to pay the mortgage? Say I pass away, there's no will. Well, it would just be paid automatically at home. Just there's no like, like unless there was unless it was negative. Like, so it just take takes it out of your bank account automatically? Just no, it's like a property if you sell the property. Well, you mean like continuing with the property? Well, yeah. well, it's tied up for the next 12 months in probate nobody's living there it's just being defaulted on the mortgage and it'll be paid out at some point in the future if there isn't a will and you have these assets kind of like your mortgage or something like that that is kind of the awkward transition period is you haven't appointed anybody to deal with it so while we have this period of time trying to figure out who is going to be your administrator and usually like if there isn't a will it's going to be your spouse your parents your children if you have them or potentially somebody else that court kind of has like an order that they look through. Hopefully they're willing to pay that for you. Right. And then they're going to get reimbursed when they are appointed and they start to collect in the assets of your estate that they can claim those expenses that they paid on your behalf. Yeah. But it's, it's not a clean way. No, imagine there's a disagreement where you're just paying this mortgage and at the end they don't get anything. Yeah. That'd be pretty difficult. Yeah. I would say. But yeah, it could yeah. occur. So I guess this is my number one reason. Like to backtrack of why you should have a will and when you should do it. Yeah. Is you just make it so much easier for the people that are left behind in your life. And you're designating who you want to take care of these things. 
where you want them to go, it just really helps the people behind to not have to make those decisions or try to argue with family members about what is right and who should be doing what. And once you have that will that says, I'm the executor, you automatically have authority to go to the funeral home and say, hey, I'm the executor. Like, I can make this funeral happen. Yeah. Hey, court, I'm the executor. We don't have to go through that whole figure out who's the administrator. I just need you to approve that I'm alive and I can do this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So what's the cost of probate if it was in a year? Uh, like, do you, does everyone just have to hire a lawyer and nope. go that route? No. You could do it yourself. The forms are all available online. And I'm fairly certain that there is kind of like a legal aid or the ministry themselves will kind of give you a bit of guidance. They obviously won't give you any legal advice yeah. if it's not legal aid, but they can give you some guidance. For the most part, the forms themselves are not complicated. You could do it yourself. So if it is a small estate that's like under $30,000 and there's not any contentious kind of issues between beneficiaries, you know, where this is just like going to my sister or going to my mm -hmm. child kind of thing, you could fill out the forms yourself. At the same time though, lawyers do this all the time. And so they are kind of quicker at it and they're probably going to be a bit more familiar with the forms and be able to kind of file it on time and keep track of the court. Yeah. Those kind of payments. I mean, doing a will is obviously going to be more affordable than going to probate and tying it up and having that difficulty. So there's really no reason not to do a will as soon as you start to accumulate assets or have a family. Yeah. So I guess the basic reasons why having a will is really useful and kind of some main trigger events are specifically when you have children, because you want to appoint who the guardian would be. If you don't appoint who a guardian is, it's going to be the ministry. And so it's kind of strange because I think a lot of us assume, oh, of course my family will step in and take care of my kids or take care of my house or whatever. Like we just, we have friends and family who would do that for us. But that isn't legally what the steps yeah. are. And so if you have a child, you want to be able to appoint a guardian. And now that person, they can absolutely say no. You don't appoint a person and then like, <laughs> they have to take your children on. <laughs> like, well, I got this crazy bucket list I got to do. I'm going to go to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't take a kid right now. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. But if you don't appoint a guardian, then yeah, it's the ministry that's going to say, okay, now we are the guardian of your child's and we make their decisions until maybe somebody else applies like a family member and then we can give them the guardianship. That's great. It, like it really should be mandatory to have a will at that point, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if you have a kid, should you not just be like, well, we're going to get a few days. I don't have a will. So we're going to get a will. I told you this podcast would get you business. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like, wow. And there are some crazy, so I don't want to run my kid. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. The other thing too is like with minors, if you don't put their assets in trust, like a minor in BC cannot receive property. So we will often generally always should put their property into a trust, like on trust terms in yeah. your will, which yeah. just essentially means that your executor, if you want a different trustee, Will control that property and like yeah. hold it in for the benefit of your child. If you don't do that again, it's the ministry, it's the public guardian and trustee wow. that will hold that property. And they generally don't give your child access until they're an adult. Yeah. So it's nice when you have the option of creating those trust terms because you can say, oh, like I want them to be able to go on a cool trip. 
I want you to give them the access to like funds to go on a trip. I want you to give them access for education and for like, obviously their basic needs and things like that. Yeah. And so it's like really a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I, yeah. It's crazy. You're right. Are there, do you know the statistics behind it? Like I'm putting you on the spot, but like how many people don't have wills compared to how many people do? Like, is it, I is it more or less common to, to have a will? Actually, you know the statistics other than the fact that we are very busy yeah and yes. <laughs> law firms are very busy yeah, right we have no I will really have crazy wills and fears. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting like cold calls for people who are in their kind of like 40 to 60s and sometimes it may be the first time that they're doing a will or it's like they haven't looked at their will for 30 years and their life is drastically different like they could be on their second marriage or yeah. something like that so I would think that a lot of, especially in like the 20 to 30 range, they're kind of like, yeah, I might start putting this in my checklist. Like when I'm doing a signing package in my mortgage yeah. process, you know, we have to do like MPP, like life insurance policy. Yeah. Right. I don't know why I'm doing that. And I should really be doing like, do you have a will? Like it's, yeah. it seems like an essential yeah. thing to have. So where are wills kept? Like, is it just up to the person to hold on to the will? It's their choice. So often when you do it with a law firm, they will have a vault that they'll keep it. Like we probably have yours you in do, our yeah. vault. Yeah, but like, so, so how would somebody years? know? Yeah. Like if I passed away, they'd be like, um, where is his will? When you do the probate process, you have to do a will search and it's with vital statistics. They'll keep a registry of where we've set. Like, oh, okay. so-and-so has a will. It's on this date. It's held here. Yeah. And um, so when you do that search, you'll see everywhere that a will. So show like the whole history of the wills. Some people choose not to do that. And then you just have to. What yeah. If, like I've read a lot of Agatha Christie books where like, <laughs> they all hold on one will. And at the last minute, the guy's like, well, check out this will. And he pulls one up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What if you have two wills? Like, what if I had another will? It's got to be the new office. Will. It was like, supersede it? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you could have two wills. Obviously, one is the valid yeah. and true will, but the process of actually proving which one is the valid and true will it just essentially is a court process. Right. It it's not just what somebody is saying this one's true, somebody else is saying this is true, and we have to decide which one is. My God, I'm getting so excited. I just want to slam my head on the table. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> a, who you know, legal stuff could be exciting, like, hey? This is like so exciting, <laughs> contrary to what Taylor says. <laughs> <laughs> I only thought mortgages could be exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> they recently changed legislation though, so that you could actually have electronic wills, and all of us lawyers are just terrified. Where you yeah. don't actually have to print it anymore; it could uh -oh. just be on your computer. That's it's crazy. Like, that sounds very short-sighted. Do we have to now say like? Because usually when you apply for probate, the executor is saying, I did a diligent search of all of the documents. Yeah. And like, right. this How do you is do the last thing I found. Digital yeah. computer, yeah. Which is also a great reason to have a will is that you want to give powers to your executor to deal with your digital assets. Because if you don't, going through the process, I mean, I guess you could leave Facebook profiles up and TikTok yeah. and whatever else. But going through the process of those different entities and saying, hey, I want to close this now. They're dead. I've heard that's quite tough to it do. It is. Yeah. yeah. Facebook in yeah. particular is not the greatest with it. So if you can have yeah. that in your will and just be like, yeah. And then hopefully you've written your password. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that's like never changing your password. They also me to change my password every month. But like, <laughs> yeah. 
you have a password on your computer? <laughs> okay. Anyways, short story. Everyone needs to get a will. Benefits of how that looks for property. Like essentially you're going to be able to take over that property and, and delegate and move it, sell it, do whatever you want with it just more efficiently and quickly. Are there advantages or disadvantages to both being on title? Like if you're on title with a family member, does it make it an easier transition? Are there kind of capital gains that we got to worry about? Not that you're an accountant, disclosure. <laughs> yeah, major disclosure. I'm not an accountant. <laughs> so property is kind of interesting and it is unfortunate in some ways because even if you have a will and you've decided you want to gift your property through your will or whatever else um, to a specific person or something, our land title system doesn't allow you to like, it doesn't avoid probate fees, I guess is what I'm trying to say, or kind of taxes necessarily. You're just clearly stating who you want it to go to in your will, which is helpful. But everything else kind of still affects it. So if a property is in your sole name, then it has to go through probate. The land title office wants proof of that you've passed away and what your will says about who this should go to. And you're going to pay probate fees on it. And probate fees are, so lots of people like to avoid them. And it's interesting because I'm probably a bit of an outlier where I often find that probate fees for the complexity of trying to create massive like estate plans with tax, like um, trusts and to avoid taxes and things like that and to avoid probate. Some of that can be so complicated when your probate fees would be like $5,000 scheme of things yeah the lawyer fees that could be involved maybe not worth it but if the property is in your sole name and it does have to go through probate to be dealt with so it could be transferred to sold or transferred to a beneficiary the probate fees on that they have this really strange it's like six dollars on the first thousand dollars between 25 and fifty thousand, and then fourteen dollars and every thousand dollars after that so ultimately if your property is like around a million dollars you could be paying twenty thousand dollars in probate fees on that Wow, And that would be, of course, for every property that you own. You do get to deduct any mortgages that you have on that, but it could be substantial. So the benefits, if you have a joint tenant, is that the person who passes first, their interest in that property will automatically transfer. It's called the right of survivorship to yep. the joint tenant, the surviving owner. And so you don't have to go through probate with that then. It automatically passes to them. Of course, when they pass away, then they're going to have to pay the probate fees on the property. So you kind of just defer it down yeah, the line. Right. But you definitely avoid paying some major fees the first time around. So you do really want to think about whether you want that person to be a joint tenant, though, because they have that right of survivorship. So you can't control where it goes after you pass kind of thing. You don't get to say, oh, my spouse is on title kind of thing, but I wanted to go to my kids. Well, it's now your spouse. Right. So the joint tenancy supersedes the will. Yeah. Because you don't own that property. Also, it's interesting because kind of a complexity with wills, I guess there's lots of blended families. And so when you are coming into a second marriage and you're thinking about adding your second spouse on as a joint tenant, you need to kind of think about what if the potential of if you separate. Oh, because the first wife could get some of that. Well, you need to think about like whatever your assets you're bringing in, generally, like I also am not a family law lawyer, but generally will belong to you. And it's kind of whatever value or gain that's from that will be yours together as a couple that you can have the interest in. But so I guess what I'm saying is if you bring your second spouse on, 
and then you separate well like he has the interest in that property but if it was just in your sole name and you didn't add them as this, like to title then it would just be yours on separation generally yeah so there's some like kind of things you want to think about yeah. so if you're planning to get a divorce don't be tenants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great way to start a second yeah. word yeah. but i guess joint tenancy can be really helpful and it's a great way to avoid probate there are also consequences about capital gains and you lose control. So the moment you add a joint tenant, if they're not using it as their principal residence, then you lose the principal residence exemption for capital gains on that 50% interest, that person who's not living there. And so there's going to be capital gains paid there. They're also, you're just losing control. You need to make sure that like you can't have liens. They may have like liens or if they have any creditors or things like that, they can those creditors can register against title if they're joint tenants. Um, and you may have some kind of like mortgage consequences. You probably would know that more, whether like lenders want to know if you're adding somebody in new, if that's like a default or if yeah. they need to qualify and that kind of stuff. So it can be really useful, but it's something that you should think about. So you would, you would want to be joint tenants to avoid probate if that was your objective. And then... You wouldn't need that though if you had a will because you wouldn't be going like you wouldn't be going to probate anyways, right? If you have a will, you'll still go through probate most likely. Okay. Um, It'll just be shorter. So I guess affordable. I'll give you an example of like the most common thing that happens is a married couple. They're joint on everything, and they've designated on all of their kind of bank accounts. Their bank accounts are joint, or like their RSPs and everything else are designated beneficiaries. So because of those joint accounts and those designations, when the first spouse passes, basically everything is going to pass what we call pass outside of the estate and will go automatically to the spouse because you've named them on everything, which is great. Like at that point, we've avoided tax. That simplified things. That's where we really want it to go. And you're trusting your spouse, obviously, to take care of your children if you have any. So you don't need to worry about your kids. Your spouse has that. Yeah. Let's hope for that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but when um, that person passes though if they don't have anybody named as joint tenants or designated beneficiaries it means everything's in their name then you would have to have your will probated and you'd be paying probate fees right okay so for the most part i would say most people it is a great idea to be joint tenants on title and have that um just transmit automatically to the surviving spouse. It gets complicated when you want to add your kids and things like that. Cause you just want to make sure that you're, that's probably going to be held in trust for any other children. Like who do you actually want this to go to? Was that meant to only go to that one child or are there five other kids that also need to receive a portion of the value yeah. of the property? So if there was just one kid, one surviving spouse, they wanted that property to go to that kid anyways, they have a will in place. Would there be a benefit to the joint tenancy to avoid probate or would like, I guess does it kind of balance out between you, you're either paying capital gains or you're either paying probate. Yeah. Usually that's kind of for the most part, the biggest question is what's the tax advantage here? Like, are we avoiding probate fees? How much are probate fees going to be? How much is capital gains going to be? Right. For some people, they have a small gain and you're like, Oh, okay, great. Like, yeah. And it also depends on that person's income for that specific year. Yeah, really tough to plan. So I was really thinking about this kind of before coming because 
kind of indicated that you have people who are investing in the real estate market and I'm assuming have multiple like rental properties and things like that. Yeah. And so that's an interesting idea because you have now multiple properties that are not necessarily meant to be principal residences. You're, it's kind of like a source of income. And what do you want to do with those? Like, do you want, do you want Leo to take care of those properties and keep them running? Like, yeah, or is he absolutely. selling all of them? Or like, you're like, no, this is, this is a great investment. Keep this going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have property managers involved that like you want to make sure that you set up property managers to take care of those rental properties beforehand that that's like relationship is in place. So your kids don't have to decide that. Or do you want to tell them that you have a preferred property manager in your will or else do you want your kids to be the actual ones who are just like dealing with kind of all of these properties? And then you're thinking about if you do have multiple properties and you're not getting any kind of principal residence exemption and whether they're held in you and your spouse's name or not, like you only can have one principal residence. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be paying a lot of tax on those. So is it better to maybe hold those properties in a corporation where it's the corporation's assets, which obviously how... That's just kind of like moving those tax liabilities to a you, different entity, but because you can just pass the corporation down. So in your will, right? Well, shares actually typically don't need to be go through probate. So lots of people do like to use corporations as kind of like a family holding company, where those shares in the company, which is like what the ownership interest is, will pass to your children or to your spouse without needing to go through probate. It just can happen outside of your will. Yeah. And then there's no capital gains. There's no, cause it's the, it's the corporations asset. holding it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. The death okay. of a person won't affect cause it should be held in the company's name. Okay. Interesting. Now, so is that the, the simplified, like after 10 minutes of me being like on the edge of my seat, what's the right answer? But is it like, if you're going to hold a larger portfolio of rental properties, you know, planning on dying at some stage and passing it on to your kids, do it in a corporation. Is that the easiest? Definitely something you should consider. I mean, it's going to depend on what your other assets are uh, and what your ultimate goal is with those properties. If you want them to be kept or not, there's other kind of vehicles that you could use like trusts potentially and things like that. And so I think the reality is of estate planning is there's a lot of different tools and it's not just a will. It's like there's powers of attorney where you can appoint people to make legal and kind of financial decisions for you if you're unavailable or representation agreements that deal with healthcare matters. You want somebody to make healthcare decisions for you if you're unavailable, like not able to make those for yourself. But there's just like, there's a variety of tools. And so if you have kind of like a unique scenario or if you have an idea where you want it to go and you own multiple properties, you have some is principal residence, or if you have properties in different jurisdictions, like if you have a property in Alberta or like a recreational property, and those are going to be taxed differently. It's just really great to think about those things. Ultimately, what you choose, whether it's like putting that information in a will or putting it into like corporation with a shareholders agreement is kind of going to be your choice in the end. But the process of thinking that through is just so helpful A to know what you're doing what you should be doing to try to minimize potentially tax implications to help out your family and children and friends or anybody else who's receiving these assets to know what the heck to do with them when they receive all of this information yeah it's a good thing to think through yeah there's no real easy answer hey you just have to come to someone like yourself and say hey here's my here are my assets here's how my family's structured how do we kind of plan yeah 
Yeah. And like here's and everybody's goals are different. And the nice part I should say too is that for the most part, every law firm does estate planning on kind of like a call it like a tariff. It's like a base fee. I mean, obviously it's it's intimidating hourly rates of lawyers. Yeah. And you go, oh my goodness, I can't have this like two hour conversation about my assets. Um but like for the most part, we do those things based on like this is our set rate, like this is all in. So all conversations and all kind of tax planning and like we want to work with your accountants, we want to work with your financial planners because they have tons of great knowledge in those areas so that we can all work together. And all of that is going to be the set fee. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you send the invoice for this podcast recording, can you send it to me? <laughs> I'm scared to see that. I love that. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Actually, we're just going to have you on every week. And I'm just like, so what should I write in my will? Yeah, can you just type this out yeah. for me? And yeah. 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 Asking for a friend. Um, no, this is great information. It's made, like, I thought I had things somewhat covered by having a fun will, but maybe I should take this more seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fired on Matt, Matt's been sweating for the last 10 minutes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm excited about this getting this started because kind of like, I'm thinking about this as like a kind of a goal setting thing for myself. Yeah. Totally. And I think that's how people should kind of perceive it. Like we're not trying to be doomsday people. It just makes yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, the well, solution. Yeah. And instead of thinking like, Oh my God, this is going to cost me a couple thousand bucks now. Do I really need it? I can wait another 20 years. Like, yeah, but this could save you thousands and thousands in the future. And like, it's a headache during a time that people probably don't want to be dealing with this. Totally. Stuff. Like give them a peace of mind and yeah. just tell them, Hey, for these six rental properties, this is who you should work with. Yeah. This is how I've set it up and this is what to do. So, well, do you have anything else you want to add into that? I I'd like to ask a few quick questions about land title subdivision type stuff uh, as well. I don't think so. I think I've probably <laughs> given the amount that people can take yeah. on here in the estate planning. <laughs> well, they can just listen to this clip like over and yeah, over and exactly. over and over. To lighten it up a little bit more, for the municipality of Kelowna and West Kelowna, Lake Country, anything, do you see any cool, fun developments that you like, like down at the old Toko Mill site? Like, are you involved in any, do you have insight on <laughs> where a friend of a friend should invest in the city of Kelowna or... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like information I can glee can yeah. watch oh, <laughs> You said it all the way to yeah. frame that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I'm going to be a lawyer soon. But um, no, there is a lot of interesting things going on. And it, it's exciting. I, I think the city of Kona has been doing a great job. I yeah. am one of those pro-development people. Nice. So I know some people don't really like seeing how we're growing. But like, there's so much great stuff here in Kelowna. Yeah. Let's offer it. Let's develop it. I love seeing it. It's, it's coming anyway, so you might as well plan it the way you want to. Yeah, yeah. and like have your say in it. But just seeing how like Clement and that, yeah. Area, yeah. that industrial area has totally. developed, I'm like, just even the amount of breweries. I was just going to say, you're like, <laughs> yeah, 10 breweries. Amazing. <laughs> I know, it's like two minutes. You know that old, did you, do you guys remember that old Lois Lane building, the big barn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was waiting for that to go off the flames. <laughs> Never did. Got pulled those. But I thought that would be the fire of the century. That everyone up. Yeah, well, actually, I just. <laughs> All the antiques. Yeah, you go in there, like, pile to the roof with. God, with the owner's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
a beautiful building on Pendo Yeah, they're in a beautiful building. Like, but it's just that old wood building. I was like, yeah. man, this is Game of Thrones style fire. <laughs> okay, so here's what I saw in Castanet the other day. Yeah. Um, who owns the it's the mission group or the Mark Anthony group? There's that building downtown that they've been trying to build for the last couple of years and then yeah. they put it on pause. They've like pulled the permits and back to the drawing board. So right beside it's where the old keg was. Oh yes. They were gonna build a two-story like it's just the wine thing, thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's put on on stop now and they're like the most annoying the thing there is. Like that's like right in the yeah, the sidewalk there's all yeah, so hopefully it's gonna be nice. Didn't they? they keep like they kept all that. Yeah, they have the concrete original. things in the side holding it up so they keep the outside face. Like it yeah. looks, it's gonna look beautiful like the same, but but yeah, so there are some really cool projects going on. But that's that's been changed now, right? So it was one thing that's got changed. Yeah, but now they have to get approval by the city again because they they're changing their whole plan. Yeah. yeah, that will be a cool thing. Unfortunately, it's taken like years though. So where should I buy in Columbus? <laughs> Actually, one other thing that I don't know if we've spoken about this on the podcast before, but the park on DeHart in the Lower Mission, they're building uh they have pickleball courts soccer fields a playground a dog track that's gonna be awesome for that neighborhood yeah and then the there's a new beach that they should be finishing soon in south pandozi right these projects the development the city is doing is is awesome yeah i think it's really great i agree with you yeah it's uh there's some cool things going down i think we also have like some really great developers in town uh, yeah. they've been here for a while and yeah it's kind of like interesting because we've actually just obviously attracted a lot of people from vancouver yeah and that comes with developers and vancouver lawyers and everything else yeah. and they're trying to kind of play in the okanagan area and obviously they can succeed they're, yeah they know what they're doing yeah but also just unique to the okanagan the people that have been here and have worked with the city for kind of 10 plus 15 plus 20 plus years it's great like they know what they're doing creating beautiful pockets of very much so so Ben, you said it was a good example of not a nice place. wherever the breweries and dog parks are. Nice. She's not alone. Like everyone loves true. Yeah, new climbing gym. Yeah. yeah. Okay, one one last question and then we can jump into wrapping it up, but we can disclose this or not. But what do you think about um so Aqua when they were building there and there is some a local resident that was kind of pushing back? Were you like following that at all? How they didn't want them to develop Aqua? I know. I no, he still doesn't want them to develop Aqua. Yeah. He yeah. just lost in the court well, case. That, so what yeah. were his reasons? I think he actually had a legitimate claim that they were, they're considering so much footage, footage. Yeah. Like per resident on the land space that they had acquired there. I'm excited for the development. It looks really cool. I would love to, to buy the house. Yeah. And he seems like a very intelligent guy that went about it the right way and just yeah. an unfortunate outcome for him. Like it, it is hard to stop those developments. So yeah, tough situation for both parties, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think he has, yeah, that's, that's a tough situation for him. Although Aqua's going to be awesome. Yeah. But conflict sell. That's why we're putting it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You heard it here. <laughs> About two and a half years late. <laughs> Ultimately, like, the great part is that municipalities have to follow a specific order, like of getting these things through. Yeah. And council can't just decide things willy nilly kind yeah. of thing. There yeah. are those public meetings and things like that. So, yeah, like people should speak up if they think things are not going. Yeah, very much so. so they democracy. Have the right to kind yeah. of keep I, that process. But ultimately, like, I, let's build some I know things. That, <laughs> I know our council now is sticking to the OCP, like, very much so, right there yeah. in that budget. Yeah. So, kind of nice. We put, make the OCP for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. And we all had opportunity to. Exactly. Did you guys yeah, exactly. say your piece? 
Yeah, I did for the dart project. I was like, yeah, right. dog walking trails for sure. They surprised me with the pickleball courts. I'm looking at the dart. <laughs> <laughs> you look at that. You look at that plan. You're like, that is amazing. They're fitting all this stuff. Huh, I don't. Yeah. Is this a plan for hands? <laughs> I know it's like two soccer fields and you look at the thing like to me that just that whole field looks like one soccer field I know yeah <laughs> and it's like oh the plant is like a little corner has two in it they're gonna come knocking on my door and be like oh yeah by the way we're bulldozing here <laughs> uh, okay alright let's get right, right to the neighbor's <laughs> All right, back on track. <laughs> I love how much you are like the director of this podcast, and you just like toss in comments and comments. To let you miss. Okay, so we're going to jump into the ice maker round. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. What is the best habit or routine you attribute to your success and something you can share with our listener? What I settled on it is to be humble and take initiative because I've often received the feedback that people refer to me or colleagues like to give me work because I was just honest about my limitations and what I was able to do. But I always also took like the next step to try to go figure it out and make it happen. And so I think sometimes, especially in the professional industry, people are just scared to own up to the fact that they may not know the answer right away. Yeah. Just good, yourself in. good point. Like, genuine we want to work with people yeah. and so if you can just humble yourselves own up to what your limitations are but also actually put some effort in yeah learn and kind of come back with a solution people always appreciate that so i love that that was a very well thought out answer yeah i love it yeah i think that makes a lot of sense because i agree <laughs> i think it makes sense <laughs> i agree yeah no it does all right, what is, the, what is the best thing you've ever spent money on, Caitlin? Oh, also is a hard question. These are great questions. They're actually like, <laughs> you have to think about them. They're not just whatever. But I genuinely was like, I've spent money on so many things that I love. <laughs> like my backpacking gear. Yeah. Yes, like you want to have good hiking shoes. I, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I've got a yeah. hiking your camper. Yeah. But what I settled on was a good kitchen knife, like a chef's knife. And I don't know. Have you, do you guys actually use like a knife? Yes. Knife? Yes. It's, I don't have a great one, but yeah, that is, yeah. The amount of times I've almost like chopped off my fingers because I have like an old set of knives yes, from yeah. like 20 years ago that should be thrown out. Like having a proper chef's knife and keeping it sharpened. How So do you sharpen yourself or you bring it in? My husband does. I yeah. should not be allowed to sharpen knives. <laughs> <laughs> so he just does it at home? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, it's wow. Yeah. So it's really great. And I mean, you feel like a pro. Yeah. Who doesn't want to feel like a pro when you make the most basic meals? <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. So, so I got a funny story about this. My grandpa was a butcher in Penticton, a.k.a. Grimm's Butcher Shop. He tossed away now. He goes to my mom's house to cook a dinner for her. And he just immediately starts bitching about the knives and how bad they were. Takes them outside and grabs a rock. Oh and sharpening all the knives. And they were like the best. What? Yeah. They were like the most like the perfectly sharpened knives from the rock outside from my grandpa doing that. That is something I would want to learn. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It makes a difference. It's worth it. Yeah, very much. What is the most impactful book you've ever read? 
Okay, I definitely read this and was like, oh, I think they probably want to hear some really cool, like, what is the get rid of hurry book? <laughs> uh, no, I, I love that you actually have novels. Everyone's always like the nonfiction get self, like, yeah, self development. Yeah, which great. Yeah. Just don't read them necessarily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and so the answer I gave was Jane Eyre. And yeah. I realized thinking through this answer is that I've totally just made up what I think it stands for and not the actual content of the book. <laughs> 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 I'm sure this book is that good or this, this is what happens in it. Just <laughs> this the time in my life I said I really like to remember it. Is bad. I took from it. Yeah. That girl had a hard life and she was content in every situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes we strive so much. This is going to turn into a self-help book. <laughs> but we strive so much to just like we're never satisfied with where we're at and for some reason we seem to think that if we're like content with our situation that it's like settling for less yeah but it's really not like it's just being at peace with where you are yeah and enjoying where you are but you absolutely can have goals and be yeah. striving for more but you just don't have to be anxious and miserable yeah enjoy the ride but like it's a right. practice skill yeah it, no, it is much. difficult yeah it's an ebb and flow like i love ambition it's a great yeah. quality but yeah you have to stop and celebrate once in a while especially in today's life like it gets pretty busy yeah or just like no like this is the stage that i'm at but i'm not stuck here so like yeah. i'm excited for what's coming but i'm also okay with the fact that i'm at this initial step yeah yeah that's like jim Rohn professional development book again but he says you know it's like it's not what you get it's who you become so like it is like that right it's like uh you're gonna spend your whole life working towards something you might have fun along the way yeah no i agree yeah all right what is your favorite quote again because i don't read self-help <laughs> <laughs> It's like somebody share a quote with me. I literally just had like Disney movie lines going through my head. <laughs> like I shouldn't quote Disney. <laughs> oh, you totally should. You totally should have. I just quoted Zulu. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I settled on was the fact that like the thing that I seem to always say to myself is like, let's do this. And whether that's the negative, I guess what I thought about this in the context of the amount of times I have colleagues that come to me and will be like, are you interested in doing this? And the reality is I'm low on the totem pole here. Like, yeah. I don't have a choice. Just <laughs> not how busy I am, I'm doing this. Right. And so I was like, well, let's do this. Yeah. And then other times when it's like something really great and you're excited for it, it's like, let's do it. Yeah, I love it. Shaping the narrative in your head. I yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was, this was an awesome show. Yeah, very like, informative. Like, awesome. Yeah, great content, good, good laughs. How can our community help you? How do they find you? Like shoot you an email or what's the best way to get in contact with you? Yeah, I felt like I should have some cool handles to share or something. <laughs> I was like, my lawyer email? Yeah. yeah. So you can reach me at Kessler at pushermitchell.com. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. You want people to reach out to you to like start planning their estates and wills? Yeah, if people have questions, I'm happy to help them. If they don't end up wanting to be with me or they want advice um, or they want to check out Epilogue Wheels or just whatever. Like people can definitely reach out to me. I think they will. I know you have at least one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to revisit mine. But yeah. I might have to re revisit mine. But yeah. I, do. I see you're taking lots of notes this episode. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. We will definitely be calling for yeah. sure. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We'd love to have you back again. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. a lot of fun. fun. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. 
Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.